Well, we welcome you to Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close. And um, Gary, we've got a very special guest this evening before we get into the unfortunately an Iowa loss. Uh, we've got former Hawkeye, Hawkeye great, James Moses on the line. James, how you doing, sir? Oh, doing good, doing good. Excited to be a part of the show. Well, we appreciate you being here. And uh, Gary, uh, how's it feel once again to be joined by uh, the great James Moses? Uh, what, what, what? First of all, what memories? Me- what memories does uh, seeing James? Bring- oh man, we could just talk about JMO for the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy that, that wasn't a shot JMO didn't like. Let me tell you that. Not for, for a shooting coach, I like that. So. <laughs> Yep, yep. What was your average in high school, Jamie? It was like 40-something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. My senior year I did, and uh, my junior year I averaged 34, and uh, my sophomore year 28, and uh, my freshman year was 22. Holy cow. So how many total points did you have in high school? Uh, I uh, want to say close to about 3,500. Uh, but Trace, Tracy Murray, who went to UCLA from Glendale, he, uh, he, he surpassed me. Oh, unbelievable. Well, that's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Well, James, uh, you, you know, obviously we're probably going to field some questions about your career, I'm sure, over the course of the show. And it is late, so I want to get down to the nitty-gritty. We've got a caller, a couple callers already on hold. Let's get uh, to our caller on the phone line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close. Who's on the line? Okay. Okay. Uh, we missed that one. Let's try Doug. Doug. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, yeah, my childhood, remember all those Duke NCAA tournament games? And I was uh, I just watched the 94 game with uh, Cherokee Parks, Grant Hill, and those guys. I think James was a couple years before that game. But I know they knocked you off your junior and senior year. Um, it always seemed like they got us. I think we beat them in Hawaii. I, I yeah. think then we played Arkansas. Um, but um, when I was watching the game, the thing that I wish we would have had is something they had Ryan Young. I thought we needed a physical rebounding guy. And um, one thing I don't know if you know, Corey, is Coach Davis' teams always like had huge rebounding margins. Like, you know, I think a couple of those teams, and they were never big. Like, one year, uh, James Winters was your starting center. And you guys still like we're right up there and rebounding, and it just still seems like we're just not physical. And I didn't think much of the two seven footers, um, but I thought uh, Whitehead, uh, Mitchell, and Young were really tough and uh, played really, really aggressive. Yeah, I would agree. I know the announcer mentioned that I was one and six. Uh, I was in hand on all six of those losses, as well as the one win, uh, which was, you're right, was, was in Hawaii. Uh, Just settles went off on in that game. and uh, But at any rate, um, wasn't, a, wasn't a great night. Um, you know, I didn't think our guards played particularly well, other than the Bowman kid coming in late, gave a little bit of a spark. But when you're playing teams like that, you really need good, solid guard play. And I think both uh, – both Tony and Aaron struggled uh, tonight, and it kind of kind of went right through the lineup. Uh, so um, it's a tough one because, boy, they turn around and got to play Thursday after a flight back home late at night. So this is not going to be an easy uh, an easy next couple of days. It'll be interesting to see how they how they tackle this because uh, it's going to be a challenge. Do you think Bowen should get more playing time? I think after tonight, he probably will. Um, he he looked. He looked good. He gives him some quickness, and I was able to knock down some shots. So I'll be curious myself to see, uh, especially with uh, two more games coming up in a short period of time. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think um, his play tonight warranted. I guess that my next question is for James. Um, what is it like going into an arena like that? Or Because they've struggled both in Florida and at Madison Square Gardens, and uh, they do well at home. They make 10, 15 threes at home. They made three against TCU. They made three threes against um, today against Duke. Why are they only making three threes? Uh, I, I think that's just a testament of uh, how Duke played defense tonight. 
I mean, you really saw Duke pressure the ball. They uh, they made it very tough for Chris to, to get open. And uh, Duke basically uh, wanted to see the other players contribute to Iowa's win with, uh, with the absence of Chris and stuff. And uh, when you are playing in those type of atmospheres, the only thing that I can relate to is when we lost to Duke twice, once in the Metrodome up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then once in Greensboro, you know, the atmosphere with the lights on is, is big. And when you have, like, you know, what the cause were, was for tonight, you know, made for a big type of atmosphere. And coming to shoot in those type of arenas uh, uh, can be challenging. But, you know, uh, um, it, you, you wanted to see the other players step up because had – Maybe Peyton Sanford hit some threes. Connor McCaffrey hit some threes. Uh, uh, Tyler Eulis, maybe. Uh, I mean, not Tyler. Aaron Eulis to hit, you know, some shots as well as Tony Perkins. Because Tony Perkins, you know, he was our, I guess, pretty much lead in the first half. But then in the second half, he just didn't do do much. And, uh, you know, I think that was part of the physicality of the game. And with the physicality, uh, you know, it creates tougher shots. Anything else, Doug? Um, no, I'm good for now. I let some of the other people talk, uh, just tough loss. Um, you know, like I said, the Iowa state game means a little bit more to me because I live here in Ames. So <laughs> I, I really hope we can get the next one. Yeah. Like, yep. like you said, if we go two, two, two and one this week, I consider it a really good week. So absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. It'd be tough to do that, Doug. I know. Well, uh, let's I, just get I, one of the two. <laughs> Iowa State, I, I think we, I think Iowa batches up really poorly against Iowa State. Now that's cute. That's a cue for Gary to say, "Corey, relax." But I'm just <laughs> telling you, uh, Doug. You watched that? Were you at the game? Were, of course, I was at Hilton last year. You live in Ames. Were you at? Uh, were you at Hilton last year? I try not to go to too many of them. I've gotten harassed a few times, but um, <laughs> I have some stories. Um, but no. Um, I just remember Keegan couldn't get his game going, and um, that's well. They just pushed. They just pushed Iowa off their spots. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just physically dominated. I think they they were plus twenty or something like that in in, in rebounding. We've talked mm-hmm. about the struggle. I mean, this team only got beat by eight on the glass tonight, but it was pretty in that second half. Boy, second chance opportunities, Gary, uh, just over and over and over again. I, I just think they match up poorly against Iowa State. I've got Iowa State in that game, but uh, it is – I mean, you mentioned they do play better at home, so opportunity to get back off the schneid. Boy, quick turnaround. Gary, you talk about the charter playing back. Um, with the with the delay in the start of this one due to Illinois-Texas going into OT, what are you looking at getting back at 4 or 5 a.m.? Yeah, probably. You know, you know, getting out of New York's not easy. I don't know where they're flying out of, but they got a bus over to that airport, and it's late, so the traffic may not be as bad, but – yeah, I think they'll be lucky to get home at four in the morning. So it'll well, probably be guys. a little short walkthrough and then and then play. So, yeah, it's a big challenge. James, th- this comment here, and I guess, Gary, you can comment on it as well. DC Hawkeye says he's been a, a Hawkeye fan for 45 years. Iowa never plays well on the big stage except for wrestling. That's, see, that's not totally true, right, Gary? Can you dispel the notion here from DC Hawkeye? 45 years, my goodness. <laughs> Whoa, J Mo. We had some good wins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I remember the the uh, game, the first home game after uh, Chris Street passed away when they oh. took down the Fab Mr. Five, or I think we're number one or two in the country. So, um, wasn't our wasn't our night tonight. We we did we did not play particularly well. Um, when you don't shoot well, you don't look very good. Uh, it's just that's just that's just the way it goes. And, and uh, like the previous caller mentioned, I think they were three for 16 from three, which doesn't look good. And they missed some shots around the basket, especially in the first half where they kind of rushed and didn't take their time and missed some point blank shots that they probably would like to have back. Uh, so back to the drawing board. Yeah, um, you know. It, it it just was one of those tough nights. I mean, Duke was very physical. They were pushing. They they uh, I think got us out of our comfort zone. We were you know not comfortable with running our plays, cutting even, uh, uh, which made it very tough. And and but you know when you look at the, that first half and you look at the shots that we missed, 
and then we only went down by six points at halftime. I mean, it was it was kind of telling where, you know, had we came out with a spark and maybe hit some shots and stuff that could have got enough could have gotten us over that hump, but uh, it was just tough for us. And maybe the lights was just a little bit too big tonight. But these are the kind of games you look for in preparation for the Big Ten that you know they'll have this weekend after the Iowa State game. But I, I, I just look at you know um, their travel tonight in preparation for Thursday. Uh, uh, they'll be able to learn from tonight and 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 have their legs ready for when uh, when they get a chance to shoot in Carver against Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> James, Randy wants, Randy wants to know where the is it. What do you call that? Do you call it what you had in in uh, college? Was it a flat top, a chop top? What do they call that? Oh, they well, my my cut was a kid in play because uh, I had an extension of a high top. So you know, I had at least probably about eight inches. You know, when my hair used to grow. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, all I, the kids in Iowa City wore. <laughs> but I, I inherited my my dad's jeans and, uh, and and my hairline started, you know, when it uh, uh, where I wasn't able to grow the hair like I would love to, like yourself. <laughs> well, I want to get to. We've got Tony on hold uh, again. We're going to get to more here with uh, Iowa's twelve point loss to Duke. I do want to give a, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Brad Van Meter, and his team down at State Farm. They've been in business since nineteen ninety nine and providing coverage across the state give his team a chance to serve you better with your insurance needs in a variety of different categories certainly uh, auto insurance but also renters insurance life insurance boat insurance 515-256-6480 or visit him online at bradvanmeter.com we've got tony who has been on hold tony welcome to the show hey how are you doing Corey? Doing good, sir. How are you? Boy, look at you decked out, man. You, you, are, know, you know, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I was going to get to that. You know, I've got a list usually when I go to this show. Um, first of all, can we just still agree, like I said for the last time, cancer sucks. Like, Absolutely. About we, we just, I, I want to get that out of the way. And I'm so glad they highlighted that again tonight, and especially Patrick's story. And um, the name escapes me. Uh, of the young kid that he, Austin, when he was 14, Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like, that's just an amazing story of like how much Patrick fights through with his metabolism and just staying in shape and just cancer sucks. Like, I just want to get that part. out. I, I will say this real quick, quickly. I don't think I've talked about this in the show before I ran into flash or Austin, his dad at the Iowa state fair. And I didn't know who he was. He actually came up to me and uh, really just an inspirational family i mean to, to obviously to i i have no idea what that feels like to lose a, a, a child um but uh you know obviously the, they were playing for more tonight gary and uh if, if you want to speak briefly because obviously you you remember jim valvano um can you speak about what he meant to the game of basketball and, and certainly as it relates to cancer research yeah actually we actually played against joe and valvano our first year uh up at the great alaskan shootout um had a great comeback and ended up beating a their really good North Carolina State team that got us into the finals and and uh, end up winning that tournament. Um, he was a lifer. I mean, just a phenomenal coach from a very young age. And I know Coach Davis had a chance to coach against him a lot when he coached on the East Coast. So they would get some some games with each other just because they were good friends. And the little I met him, um, boy, he was fun to be around, telling stories and. Love the game of basketball. So uh, his passing was a real blow to the game. Yeah. And certainly Patrick, uh, Tony Patrick McCaffrey is an, an inspiration himself. And, uh, you know, he's playing for more. He's, he's wearing Flash's number. And uh, see, who who's – I always forget this, Gary. Do you remember who uh, – number 22 is retired, right, at Iowa? Do you remember who that was? I think that's uh, Sean Sherman, if okay. I'm not mistaken. I, I could right? be wrong. Okay. Um my guess is either him or, or Darling, but I'm, I, th- I think it's I think it's Sean Sherman, but I'm not I'm not totally totally positive. I think I think that might be right. Tony, what else you got for us? Um, it's a blue night. You wanted me to blue moon bottles, so I was going to pour that in my new. Oh, sorry, I'm bad at advertising. Even though I still wow, you, you loaded up on uh, that merchandise. Yeah, that. I I got that, and then I got your little hoodie too. <laughs> with the with the hat. So. See, Gary, see, see Gary's not even wearing. See, James at least is wearing 
an Iowa shirt. Gary's just sitting here. Well, I guess I don't have anything on either, but at least I got a banner behind me. Gary, what you got? You usually uh, wear I got some I got some Iowa stuff here. You want me to crack hey. it? <laughs> hey, Gary, Gary did have a nice little zip up last time. And I do want to. Uh, Here's the award that Coach uh, Davis gave the entire staff. Uh, 1988, we were the best. What we're talking about rebounding, the best rebounding team in the nation. Wow. There you go. I do want to appreciate that Coach Close did not pull up some. Uh, High school award from Iowa City, Regina, because it took me uh, extensive counseling. Well, I have something from it, Regina in here. <laughs> it, it took me a lot of counseling to get over that loss that you uh, <laughs> hey, that you gave my alma mater. You, you, you were in our way. We had to get we had to get, had to get rid of you. I, I I get it. I get it. Um, I I love seeing James Moses on the show. Like you just have a. The words escaping me, but like a, a smile that just makes everyone so happy. Like, you know, I'm tuning in this show right away. Yes. Like <laughs> I, I'm horrible with the English language, but I still love to speak, but like, it just, it just makes everyone so happy with life and, you know, like hopping on this show and seeing you there. And it just, how could you remind us like, like that with a smile like that? It's impossible. <laughs> Hey, like like my coach, you know, Coach Coach was saying, you know, I never saw a shot I didn't like, but you know, I always knew how to smile when that ball was coming my way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so, Gary, real quick, this is, I guess, a question for James and Gary. Fran is known for being a guy who gives his guys the green light. And James, you said you you never saw a shot you didn't like. Was that how Coach uh, Doctor Tom was? I mean, was was he as free with? with players shooting as, as Fran is, do you think Gary? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there were times when we, you know, we wanted to be a little bit patient, but uh, we were a fast breaking team. And if it was open, it went up. I think he always felt uh, that if you want to be a real good scoring offensive team, you had to be able to score in transition. And then if you're playing real good teams, they got back, then you got to be able to score in a half court and mm -hmm. you got to be able to realize that and understand that. I thought tonight was a half court game. I didn't think Iowa had a lot of transition opportunities. Um, and in the half court, they weren't good enough. Um, and, and Duke deserves a lot of credit for that. But I thought Duke's transition defense was really good. We we did not get very many easy baskets or even open transition shots. We had a few, but not not many. And um, so that result was it put a lot of pressure on our half court offense, which against that defense wasn't good enough tonight. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you didn't even get a chance to see Chris run the floor like you know, right? In the yeah. game, and you know, Duke basically they had Iowa well scouted, and they basically said that they want the other players to see if they can beat us, and they weren't going to let Chris. You know, they were going to hold him off and stuff. And uh, they had a good game plan, and uh, just made it very challenging for us. Exactly. Anything else, Tony? Uh, yeah, I had a few quick other things. Uh, number one, like. I actually did turn up the announcers tonight because it was Dick Vitale, and that's just great to get to listen to him, especially with his life story and how much he means to college basketball. Right away from the tip, he mentioned um, effective height and like how how big Duke looked. Like I don't even think there was a dribble past half court, and the the tip happened, and then our, we won the tip, and we're going past half court, and Dick Vitale's like holy cow, Duke looks big, like mm. compared to like just the eye test. And I just wanted to bring this up. Um, Ken Palm has effective height and Duke is, uh, I want to say sixth or seventh in the nation. And the team right behind them is our beloved California Bears. <laughs> and really working out for them. <laughs> Yeah, who is beloved with the California Bears? <laughs> oh, we we Corey and I love them, and like the show, oh, right? we follow them, right, Corey? I, I believe they're the the uh, Golden Bears, aren't they? Aren't they the Golden oh, Bears? They are the Golden, Golden Bears, Bears, but I'm saying they're our beloved California Bears because we follow them, you know, yeah. so religiously. Yeah. Um. Another, just a few other things. I still love this team. I just think we need to find an alpha male, like someone that just takes charge or something like that. Like that looks pissed. I think there was two or three games ago. I talked about, I said, uh, 
I saw Tony Perkins in the huddle, and you could just see him in that timeout with the under four timeout. Like he wasn't going to let us lose this game. He had that look in his eyes. Like uh, it seemed like we needed someone to just be aggressive tonight. You know, like I don't know. What do you guys think, Coach Close and James? You know, about yeah, I thought offensively, just it wasn't our night. I mean, it's. Uh... As I mentioned, it was a half-court game, and and uh, we weren't very good in the half-court. And uh, we had some shots we at point blank we couldn't make that did, and that kind of compounds itself and didn't shoot well from three at all. And that just allows the defense to be even more aggressive. And and uh, so one of those nights offensively that um, you're going to have from time to time, and uh, the defense wasn't good enough to keep us close enough to make it interesting at the end. So – uh, but you got to give Duke some credit. That's a pretty good basketball team that that played pretty well tonight. Yes, and uh, also the way you alluded to when you were talking about the initial beginning of the game and how you accented what Dick Vitale said about Duke when you saw them live and how their presence just looked big. Duke was Duke was big and long, and when you're big and long, it's it's even tougher sometimes to get your shot off because now you're wondering: is it going to be deflected? Is it going to be tipped? Uh, uh, is definitely being altered. And so now sometimes to get off your shots, that's why the repetition comes into play with practice. Sometimes it takes time to get it off because you have to know, you know, the length and, and how how high to arch the shots. And so when you're playing in a big atmosphere like, you know, Madison Square Garden, uh, uh, that can be kind of challenging, you know, with not having the back draws or anything and shooting in the arena such as that. So uh, uh, Duke had a good game plan, and uh, they just showed uh, a little bit more than what we were able to come away with tonight. I was uh, coming home, actually, Gary, uh, missed the first five minutes, listened to Gary and and to uh, Bobby on the air. And that's one thing Bobby said right out the get-go. He said, you know, th- this is different shooting in this gym. Just the way the the stands are situated, kind of what James just alluded to. Um, is that your experience as well, Gary? That Madison Square Garden is is a difficult place to adjust yeah, to. It's, it's different. Know? It's different. It's dark. I mean, the, the arena is dark other than the court. And um, I thought the other thing, and maybe it had something to do with the height. I thought they rushed some of their shots inside early, and then it kind of compounds itself. And like Philip made a really good play early in the second half. He slowed down. He shot faked, and ended up. End up getting fouled and making the basket. I think he missed the free throw. But when you get when you play against tall players, sometimes you get a little quick in there. When actually you want to even slow down even more to you know get an angle, get them off balance. And I thought we rushed some shots early and and contributed to a really low percentage around the basket and and didn't draw a lot of fouls. Um, which you know a lot of times if you do that, then it can bail out a bad shot. So um, and I think some of that's got to be attributed to their length and height. Well, Tony, you can't, you can't duplicate that in practice. You know, you go against a scout team, and there's nobody out there seven one running around blocking shots. It's, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden there they are, and it's a little, you know, it's a little bit different. So we didn't adjust real well. If I could get one more quick question in, and then a closing thought. Um, sure. My quick question is: When I watch basketball games, um, I don't know if you keep track of a stat like this or not, but to me in the first half, it seemed like a lot of the 50-50 balls or bounces or however you want to say just didn't go Iowa's way. Like a bounce off the rim would like go to Duke and then they get a wide open layup or, you know, a kick out, stuff like that. Like how deflating is that if you feel that's happening over and over and over again where bounces may not go your way? Yeah, I think I think you hit it nail on the golf. That's it's definitely deflating. It's uh, you know it's one of the things you want to do is beat teams to lose balls, and and um, I agree they probably had an edge in that that department. I, I didn't think the effort was bad. I think no, like I said before, when you shoot poorly, you look you don't look very good. Um, and I think it did seep into our defense a little bit at times, but. Um, I don't think it was a lack of everything. It was a lack of execution and knocking shots down and and getting some stops against a, against a really good team. And Gary, I didn't think Iowa defended too poorly in the half court tonight. No, even. no, no. Gave a few few open threes in the first yeah. half that were a little, you know, a little too wide open, um, and some layups around the basket. But no, I don't. I, I think it was 
you know, I think it was uh, obviously it was it was on the offensive end how we shot and didn't get to the free throw line a lot. And offensively, uh, defensively, probably played well enough to make it a competitive game. We just didn't score didn't score enough points. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that Mo, was true. Hey, Jay Mo, come off that bench and light light him up. <laughs> hey, that it would have been fun. It would have been nice, but uh, it just was. It was just tough. I mean, when you talk about that bounce, um, I mean, sometimes you know it's just like towards the end when Peyton Sanford had a three, and they could have went down maybe seven and stuff, and had a little little run towards the end of the game, but he ended up making a two, and you know the we just didn't have that bounce, you know, where yeah. we were missing just the little things and stuff. I mean, kind of like in the first half, we were, you know, uh, looked like the Duke was going to make a run and blow us out by 20 plus points. But then we end up at halftime only down six. So uh, it's one of those things that, you know, motivates you, you know, where Coach Close alluded to uh, uh, Rabracha and how he settled down and had more of a better finishes in the second half than he did the first half. And it's just sometimes the ball bounces that way, and and uh, sometimes it can be unforgiving, and you learn from it, and you try to you know wipe the slate clean and get ready for that travel back in preparation for Iowa State. <laughs> and I don't want to say it was due to lack of effort or anything like that. There's a lot of effort that was shown tonight, and I don't want to discredit that. It just sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way, and I mean, I think I really do truly believe they were a couple possessions away from making this a true ball game. You know, it, they were within it, it's eight, a, they were within eight with uh, what uh, yeah. a minute and a half to go. And you're thinking, yeah. okay, you, you get a steal here. You, even, yeah. you know, the guy misses uh, uh, the front end of the one and one there. Mm-hmm. You come down, hit a three, all of a sudden it's a five point game with a minute to go. Uh, Gary, that's a whole new game at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah, they never really put any real extended streaks together where they got a lot of momentum. Right. That, uh, and that's that was the shooting. They just they couldn't they could knock down enough uh, you know enough shots to put a scare in them. So um, hopefully that'll change uh, Thursday night. And maybe it's just me. Like when I saw their shots go in, they weren't true nothing but net. It looked like it hit the iron a little bit and then went in. I mean, they went in, but like. It's just a bounce there, like a inch or you know whatever, a little bit off mm-hmm. one way or the other, and then that bounces off the iron, and they're not as hot from the field as they are. Um, I do appreciate all the time. I want to say like, subscribe, and it's amazing to see James Moses, you know, on this stream and all those former Hawkeyes. Uh, you know, Coach Close remembers I had that farewell tour. I love those farewell tours you guys had, James, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, get get the merch. Like <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Get the, get the merch. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll stop you, taking up your time and listen. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank right. you. So let me just say this, Gary. I wanted to get through the first few calls, and I just want to spend a moment here. And this is going to sound like I'm – maybe you're going to say I'm pushing the panic button too soon. And, again, James, this is when Gary tells me to relax. So just <laughs> care. Brace yourself for that. But Gary, right. I'm telling you, this team ain't going to win a lot of games this year if they can't shoot threes. I mean, Peyton Sanford right now is shooting 25% from three. You lose Jordan Bohannon. You lose Keegan Murray, who are probably your two best three-point shooters. Uh, Yes, Chris Murray getting shut down in physical games is a problem. That's three straight games in which they've been – I mean, I don't count Georgia Tech. This is TCU, Duke, and Clemson defensively play at a different caliber, I think, altogether, different level of physicality than, than Georgia Tech altogether but am i right in saying if iowa can't shoot threes we got problems yeah i'd agree with that i think i think they're going to have to be they, they don't have enough inside weapons to carry themselves strictly in there so no i think they're going to have to shoot through and i think peyton will eventually he's too good a shooter i'm surprised he's shooting that high i mean it doesn't seem like any are going in for him right. i feel i feel for the kid because he obviously can shoot it he just you know, he just needs to knock a few down and get on a streak. And, you know, J-Mo, you, you know, you, you go through those stretches where, boy, it just feels like you can't make anything. And uh, he's got to keep firing it, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it'll change quickly. And, and, and James, just 
piggyback on that a little bit. I mean, what what did it take for you to get out of a shooting slump? I mean, this, you're, this is a great timing to have you on the show tonight because Iowa needs Peyton Sanford to start making shots. Absolutely, and, and Coach, he 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 definitely knows, and he just alluded to it that you just need to see that ball go through the basket, and it might be a free throw, it might be a layup, it might be a steal and an assist to a teammate, just to generate that more positive feedback where he's not self-doubting himself or overthinking things, because that's the worst. That's the worst prescription for a shooter <laughs> is to overthink and 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 wonder why this and why that, because you're already assessing how you're going to shoot shots or how you're going to come off of a screen. And Peyton is a catch-and-stick type of shooter. And uh, I do agree that uh, he's going to come out of it. It's just a matter of when. Because once he does, you know, uh, you know, Coach McCaffrey is going to give him that, uh, that time on the floor, which I think is in his head more so where he, he used to start, and then now you got Aaron Euless starting. And and uh, if you remember his first couple of games, Peyton, you know, shot pretty good. And over the past few games, he's he's declined. And so uh, it's just on his mind too much. And hopefully when he gets back, uh, he'll be able to put together some practices where he'll be coming out and, and shoot it against uh, uh, the, the Cyclones that's supposed to be coming into town. Yeah. I'll say this too. Doug made a comment earlier. Well, why can't we shoot as well as we do at home on the road? Well, they really haven't played anybody at home yet, Gary. <laughs> I mean, that's you probably know, true. They've, yeah, they played Georgia Tech at home. You usually shoot better, you know, better at home. That's your, that's your home court, and that's the one you're in most of the time. So, you know, I think one of the things you look at is shot selection. And I thought earlier in the year he he did take some questionable shots uh, that were heavily guarded. Um, and the other thing you look at is, you know, is he, is, is he on balance? Is he going straight up? You're not twisting and fading and floating. And and tonight he looked like he took good shots and they were under control and he was going straight up. And he was right there with the shots tonight. They, they, they weren't that far off, uh, a little long. And so I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that far away from knocking some down. I think his shot selection was good. And and um you know, a lot of times you get into streaks where you're not shooting very well and you go back and look at the shots you've taken and go, whoa, man, I, you know, I took five threes and four of them were heavily contested. Well, those, you know, those are low percentage shots. Although tonight he did a good job of taking shots that were open. Let's get to our next caller. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close, who's on the line. You're horny, buddy boy. All right. We've got, uh, again, the little kiddos are up late tonight, Gary, as always. Jeez. Little kiddos are up. Mom, tuck them back. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, Lemansky. This team is getting used to play, uh, is getting used to not playing with Keegan and Jabo. They got a lot of touches. They will get better playing with each other, and that is one thing that we've talked about. Gary Keegan went through some of the same struggles that Chris did, and I'm talking early last season, specifically the Iowa State game. Again, I bring that game up, and that entire team struggled. <laughs> I mean, just rebounding the ball and, and scoring against a really tough, physical, defensive Iowa mm-hmm. State team. That's what they're mm-hmm. going to have coming in Thursday night. But Keegan eventually figured out how to play, and right now he's creating, in the process of creating a really uh, terrific rookie season with the Kings. So, so far, uh, Chris Murray has struggled in every game in which he's went up against a physical defense. How much is that concerning to you? Um, and, and how does he learn to play through contact? Well, I think it's just a, you know, it's just a maturation process that you got to, you got to, every player's got to go through. He's, you know, last year he was maybe the third, fourth player on the scouting report. And this year he's the first. So he's going to get the best defender. He's going to get a defender and a half. And so it's going to take some time to get used to it. You got to cut hard. You got to screen better. Uh, you, you know, a lot of times you start standing around and you get easier to guard and, um, so it, it, it's going to come with, with time. And like the caller said, this is, you know, this is a team that's trying to get used to one another. And, and so that's going to take some, some time as well. So, um, he's too good a player to be kept down, uh, like he was tonight, but you understand that the team that he went up against tonight and the defender he went up against were both good. I mean, that, that's a good defensive team. And, and, um, as James mentioned, it was a, it was a solid preparation and and um sometimes you just got to tip your out off to the opponent and learn you know watch tape learn by what's going on and, and get better that's that's the whole idea is just keep getting better 
James is uh, Coach Coles right on that? He's he's absolutely right on that. I mean, Duke was. Uh, I mean, you, you saw just the way uh, they were defending Chris. Uh, uh, they made sure to be physical uh, with him and keeping the body on him. And then when Chris was coming off of screens, they they were physical through the exchanges. So even when they switched, and uh, you know they they basically were you know sending a message saying that if you beat us uh chris is not going to be the one tonight and uh uh as coach said you just got to tip your hat off to to what they did uh in terms of preparing for the, the physical contact uh, uh that's where the other players are needed you know because now let's say if iowa starts hitting those shots that we feel that they're capable of hitting then that helps to put uh, Chris in better scoring type situations where he's able to be a little bit more special than he was tonight. And I'll say this. Chris, Chris Murray with eight points tonight, seven boards. Again, he struggled against Clemson, struggled against TCU. But here's an interesting fact here, Gary. Um, Patrick McCaffrey is obviously older than Chris, has been around the block further. You know, he's he's also a really, I don't want to call him a petite guy because he's it's like six foot seven, but you know what I'm saying. He struggled with What's that? Rangy. Rangy. There you go. But you know what? He was maybe their best offensive player tonight. 12 points, four boards. He was by far their best offensive player in that first game down in in Niceville, Florida. He he was their best player offensively against Clemson Mm -hmm. when Chris struggled. So it is obviously Patrick is is not just Keegan, but Patrick is proof that a guy who is maybe finesse oriented, if that's the right terminology, Gary, can – figure out a way to still be effective on offense. Yeah, and I, and I think, as James mentioned, I, I think for Iowa to be successful, they've got to get contributions from a lot of people. And when they've played well, they've had pretty good um, pretty good uh, depth in terms of a lot of people scoring and good balance. And we got very little out of the guard position until, um, uh, until the freshman came in late. Uh, and so now all of a sudden they don't have to go those, those guys quite as hard. Now they can take an extra step or two towards towards Chris, and now the lane's even more clogged up, and and uh, and that's you know that's got something to do with knocking threes down. So, you know, if you've got two or three guys that aren't shooting very well, and then they really don't have to be guarded, then it's you know it's going to make it even more difficult. He only got nine shots tonight. Um, you know, he makes a couple more shots, he shoots over fifty percent. So, uh, I think the question is, how can you get getting more than nine shots? And uh, some of that's got to do with some other people making some shots to open things up for him a little bit more. And as we mentioned before, there was very little in transition. He's so good in the open court running, filling lanes. And I don't know if we saw it one time the entire game. Um, And so when you eliminate Iowa's transition and they get into the half court, you know, that's probably six, eight, ten points uh, that Chris is not going to get. Um, that, uh, and, and I'm guessing these next two teams, it's going to be the exact same thing. I don't think you're gonna get a lot of transition against Iowa state. And I don't think you're gonna get a lot against Wisconsin. So, uh, the type of game they played tonight is going to be good preparation for the next two games. It's going to be grinding, low scoring, low possession. And Iowa's got to show that they can win games like that and not games that are always in the eighties and nineties. Um, and that'll be a test for him. Ken Palm's got Iowa State as the 13th best team on the defensive end. Uh, Duke is top 25, according to Ken Palm, Wisconsin, number 18. So three really good defensive teams if uh, yeah. Ken Palmer is on to something there. And three um, really good teams that don't let don't get beat in transition, yeah. don't give you any easy baskets, don't give you a lot of offensive rebounds. So you can't get – I mean, how many offensive rebounds did Chris get tonight? I mean, those are points. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, if you don't get those, those are those are points being taken away, and um, and so you take away transition, take away second shots, you might be taking away 10, 12 points out of his uh, arsenal um, that would have been twenty instead of eight. And I, just a, a quick shout out to Philip Abracha. That guy just bangs, and he just—I mean, he, talk about a tough dude down low. I mean, it just both ends. He is. I don't want to say the heart and soul of this team because I mean, and maybe that's a, a bit premature to say that, Gary. But uh, James, you you you've played with really solid bigs, and to have a guy who kind of sets the precedent physically and on the glass, uh, especially for a team that's a, that's clearly undersized at the five, 
How big is that as a guard to be able to have that? Well, uh, Philip, you know, you speak of his his physical presence. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, has some of that uh, Ed Horton, you know. You had Coach <laughs> bring up the trophy back in 88. That was during the time when Ed, uh, Iowa led uh, the, the Big Ten, but led the country in, in rebounding. And uh, Philip uh, uh, Rabracha, he, he he brings that, and it's nice to see. It was it was nice to see how he adjusted, as we talked about uh, into the second half. He made more baskets, and he you know he he led he led the team tonight with eight boards, uh, uh, and knows that he could have done better. You know, you take the shots that he missed uh, uh, when yeah. I was making the runs. I mean, that could have definitely helped create some more of the spark and stuff. Um, but I, I, I just love his, his play. Uh, you know, you had a caller on before, Tony, who talked about the toughness, and he mentioned Tony Perkins. Well, I look at Philip uh, Rabracha, who, who also brings that toughness and that tough man syndrome that helps to, 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 to create uh, uh, excitement for the team and stuff. I mean, he was trying, and it just, it, you know, it's just the, the, the supporting cast is what was needed for him to prevail. Yeah, I agree totally. I think if this team's successful, you're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of balance in their scoring. Um, and tonight, we obviously did not get that, especially from the guard position. And uh, but it's just one game; those guards will play better than that. Nine offensive boards for Iowa, eleven for Duke. Um, and again, I mean, I think we can. We've talked about this at length. You're going to expect to probably give up something as it relates to rebounding margin. Gary, is that fair? I mean, you're probably going to have to win. You're not going to be dominating the glass. This team is just not going to dominate the glass. So no, they just got to hang in there and and uh, you know be competitive and not not get wiped out, um, which which they can do. Um, that's you know, and rebounding's got a lot to do with your defense. Uh, it's got a lot to do with your offense. You know, I mean, if if uh, you know, if you're if you're scoring and shooting well, then there's not going to be as many offensive rebounds. So that's going to affect your rebounding total. Um, and the same thing, if your defense is really good and and they're missing a lot of shots, you got a better chance of getting some defensive rebounds. So it's all kind of intertwined. Um, but uh, it's going to be a lot like scoring. I think a rebound is going to have to be a a, a situation where everybody's got to get involved uh, to help out because they don't have one dominating rebound that's going to go get a ton of rebounds every game with the exception of maybe Murray, but I don't think he'd count on that every single night. And I'll just say this uh, comment here from uh, Chad. He says that Bowen played well tonight and he wants to know, you think Bowen will start at some point this season? I, I don't have any way to predict that. Um, certainly I don't think at this point he, he needs to get more minutes. I think that's fair. I mean, in a game like tonight, I mean, I give Fran credit as the game went down to the wire and, and Bowen helped bring them back. Uh, you sometimes see, see coaches in that position, Gary, even though sometimes it's the reserves that help a team cut back into a lead. Sometimes you see a coach go back to his starting lineup in that in that situation. I like the fact that Fran stuck with the guys who, who brought him back. Yeah, it was encouraging. I thought he played real well, played with a lot of confidence. Uh, did some things. He's got he's got some good natural skills. He's just got to get experience, and the only way you can get experience is getting out there and playing. So um, sometimes when you come in in that type of a situation where you're down, it's a little bit easier to play than when you're a starter and and getting the game underway. So um, you know I don't know if we can consistently see that happening, but I think it's worth a shot. I think I think he deserves some minutes after the way he played, and I, I I'm guessing he will. Get some. And frankly, and maybe again, James, I don't know how much you've seen of Josh Dix, but I thought he came in and and held his own defensively as a as a true freshman. And frankly, if you're not going to get three, I understand that you're not going to go away from Peyton Sanford. You desperately need him to start making threes. You need Chris Murray to make threes, Patrick to make threes. Um, obviously, Connor's probably been their best three point shooter this year. But if if guys are struggling from three. Is it fair to say maybe Josh Dix, you, you give him a, a bit more of a ride in consequential moments in games? Because uh, if he's holding his own defensively, uh, at least he gives you a shot to potentially uh, make more from behind the arc. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, you, you, I mean, Coach McCaffrey is, is just 
trying to see what's going to be his mix, you know, in preparation for the Big Ten, you know. I mean, we look at these opponents. You mentioned TCU and Clemson and then now Duke. And, and and they created a more of a physical task for us. But, you know, like Coach also mentioned, Coach Close mentioned, you know, we didn't get the, the fast break opportunities, the transition buckets. We didn't get the second chance opportunities buckets. Even, you know, with Chris, as good as he shoots, he, he missed – two front ends of the free throws and stuff. And and so, you know, we didn't get the free throw contribution as well. So those are really key factors in, in us prevailing. But, you know, when you talk about uh, Dix, I think he's going to, you know, get a chance. You just never know. But I do like DeSante Bowen. And I think he's going to get some minutes. You talk about starting. Well, you know, sometimes coaches like to see who's going to be that spark and how consistent that spark is going to be from the bench. Will we see him maybe in a game like Iowa State coming up uh, Thursday? I think so. Uh, because, you know, just the guard play, the physicality, maybe he's one that could help out with uh, Aaron Euless as well as Tony Perkins to create a different type of guard front. And then who knows, maybe that's the game that, you know, uh, uh, Peyton Sanford comes off because he wants to show that he is Mr. Basketball of Iowa over Tame and Lipsy, <laughs> you know, coming into the home. So you just never know what is going to be the, the cycle that's going to help us to prevail. And like, like we went to uh, 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 Cyclones and Ames last year, that was home, and they, they had some friendly officials that uh, allowed the game to be a lot more physical than what we may expect. So who's to say what may happen in uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena? <laughs> well, I like the fact that you just dropped uh, Tame and Lipsy. That's awesome. I don't think we've ever talked Tame and Lipsy, but that kid is uh, – he's going to be a good one for Iowa State. And, uh, you know, we, we've got some really good in-state players that are a part of the Cyhawk game this year, Gary, but doing nice. Josh Dix and Peyton Sanford and and obviously uh, Tame and Lipsy, Chris Murray. Um, it's good to have the state of Iowa. It seems like uh, basketball and football in this state is uh, – at a pretty solid level. I know there were some, we've talked about Rafe LaFrance and these different guys, Kirk Heinrich, but uh, it seems like the state of high school hoops in the state is pretty solid. Well, there's real good uh, high school coaches in the state, always have been. Um, kids that, that, that play in Iowa are usually fundamentally sound and and know how to play the game the right way. And and so you're going to get a well-coached fundamental player that uh, you know you can build on. So it's a great, great rivalry. I, I mean, I was thrilled to be a part of some unbelievable Iowa State games, and and uh, there's nothing better. It's a, it's a, it's a big, big game for both for both programs, and it's going to be a tough one for Iowa because it is a quick turnaround after a long trip. So uh, they got their hands full. It's, um, I think they mentioned on the broadcast. I think this the, this game tonight was probably the last game scheduled. That you know they, they call up and invite you, and you can't turn that down. You can't turn down playing Duke, Madison Garden for the Jimmy V. It's just it's a once in a lifetime experience. So you do it and understand that uh, the scheduling is not ideal, especially considering you're playing Iowa State. And then you got a Big Ten game, your first Big Ten game of the year, uh, three days later against a pretty good basketball team. So. This is going to be a really, really tough stretch for Iowa. Maybe as tough a stretch as they'll go through all year. Um, so hopefully um, they can, uh, you know, get get themselves going for these next two games. If they could get these two, it'd be be a heck of a heck of an accomplishment. You coming down for Wisconsin, Iowa, Gary? I am coming Sunday. Yep. Yep. What, what colors are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Corey's always trying to stir the pot, James. No, I, no, see no. I see that. I see I, that. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, Gary. And so I'm going to find you, and I'm going to report back to everybody what colors you're wearing. So you better sure. be a gray, neutral. <laughs> white is good, although Wisconsin is probably more white than Iowa as far as colors. But uh, You know, my daughter, it's a funny tale. When I was at Wisconsin, my daughter was um, – she understood how – Coach Davis's tenure ended at Iowa, not not the way we wanted it to happen. But anyway, so she got herself a beat Iowa pin and sat right behind the Wisconsin bench. And every every time she we'd see pictures, she'd stick that pin and put it right up right where I was sitting, right by my head, just to stick it to the 
Isle fans for what they did to their dad. And now she's the other way around. And now she, I got to find a big beat Wisconsin pin to take down on Sunday. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Hey, Corey, he can just stay neutral and we're all black. There you go. There you go. There you go. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. That's what I'm saying. There we go. I will say this real quick about the schedule. Somebody brought up uh, Clemson. Uh, maybe I brought up Clemson. So the, the last night missed opportunity at a marquee win. Sure. But it's not a bad loss. TCU is not a bad loss. Um, and let me just say this too, uh, to our final caller of the night caller. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll be right back with you. But that Clemson win might end up being a little bit better than when we thought. Clemson has come back, beaten Penn State, beat a bad Cal team. But they're 3-0 since the Iowa lost three wins over Power 5 teams. They blew out Wake Forest the other night, Gary, who I believe took down your uh, your Badgers. And uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, they blew them out. I mean, Clemson blew out Wake Forest by 20. That's so win. Maybe yeah. Clemson's, uh, you know, I remember, was it Seth Greenberg the other night made a comment that he thought Clemson would finish in the top third of the ACC. That's a good win on a neutral court once you hit March. I don't know yep. if they won, but yep. it'll be a good win. And it's going to come down to how well they, how well they do in the Big Ten. They they they've done enough in the non-conference to have themselves in position. Now they got now they got to go win some games in the Big Ten and first one Sunday. So, um, like we mentioned, it's a big it's a big two games coming up. But you don't want to lose to Iowa State, especially at home, and you don't want a two game lose to going in to play Wisconsin and and you know going through all that. So. It's a, it's a, we're going to find out an awful lot about this team in the next 72, 96 hours. We're going to go rapid fire on a few comments here because we're, we're hitting our hour and uh, I can see Gary's about ready to fall asleep. (laughs) 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 Rapid fire. Ari Gold is more of a comment, but it's a fair comment. Nebraska. How about them beating Creighton the other night, Gary? Shocked. Shocked. At, at Creighton. Creighton. How does that happen? I have no idea. I have. I don't. I'm guessing Creighton wasn't ready to play because they'd beaten about 50 times in a row. But well, let me just say this: yeah. I was almost ready to say I don't think Hoiberg's going to make it through the season. But he's starting. You know, they're remember they finished last year on a pretty high note. Remember they were dangerous heading into that Big Ten tournament. People were talking about Nebraska, then they lose to Northwestern, but they were hot heading into the Big Ten tournament. Could they? I mean, could Hoiberg figure out a way that 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 win against Creighton's going to buy him some more time? I haven't seen him play this year, but that that one definitely definitely caught my attention. I'm sure a lot of people. That was um, that was a shocker. And Ryan wants especially to know how, because it was on the road. Right. How, uh, Ryan wants to know how good is this Duke team, anyways. Just your thought on Duke. I don't uh, th- going into this game. I didn't think this is an unbeatable Duke team. Obviously, they've lost a couple of times this year. Just your thoughts on this team? They're young. They're young. They're young. They're raw. They obviously got talent, um, but the jury's still out as to how how good they're going to be. They got a chance to be good, but they're, you know, they're just, you know, they're just a nice team right now. That's got some talent. And like a lot of teams, they, they got to keep getting better. This next question I'm going to throw to Moses or to uh, Mr. Moses here. Is it true that Dr. Tom once bowled a perfect game with a marble? (laughs) Hey, hey, you know what? You hit me with trivia and I cannot say that I know that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I can't but, either, but, but it wouldn't surprise but, me. <laughs> but I will challenge that trivia if 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 it's Coach Davis and the way he taught how to bowl the basketball into the post uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and making that, that that pass entry, I wouldn't put it past them to be the one that have done it. <laughs> Did he, you really use that terminology, Gary? Bowl the basketball into the post? Uh, well, a lot of announcers did. We never did, but it did kind of oh. look like that. But um, that's the only way to throw the ball in the post, unless you got somebody seven foot five. You got to throw. You got to bounce it in there. You're going to turn it over. <laughs> Watch how many pa- high passes they go into the post get deflected. <laughs> but hey, you, know, hey. you know what Coach Davis used to say? He said, "As soon as we start growing arms below our waist, I'll let you throw high passes." <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one, Jay Mo? Oh, I remember that one. And then soon as, we, as soon as we see arms coming out below your waist, I'll let you start throwing high passes. <laughs> and, and he said, you just make sure you put it around. And if he's active enough and he wants the ball, he'll get it. Exactly. <laughs> if he does, he's going to get a seat right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You should drive. You should drive teams crazy. How we could bounce it in there. Oh my goodness! And just the way he would just put that little spin on that ball and, and just show you how to fit it in, and and just to see those centers or the big squat to go after that ball, that was just amazing. He just was yeah. a he was a scientist. He he, but he was a uh, doctor of films too. Yeah, so. yeah. Did you see, you know, does it McCaffrey? well for uh, Iowa now is Connor McCaffrey. Yes, so you watch Connor. Yeah. He throws a lot of bounce passes into the. I was going to ask you, Gary, could you have seen? Deflected. Could you have seen Connor playing for Dr. Tom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Connor McCaffrey is my kind of player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because we always got people who are ripping on Fran for playing his kids. But, boy, if you don't have Patrick right now, I get I, could be, I think we should play more. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You're talking about Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he need, they need his toughness shoot. and they need – uh, they need his outside shooting, and uh, but we'll you know we'll see. I mean they're they're with them every day in practice. We're just here, you know, making guesses. So, yeah. but he's my kind of player. He's tough. He's smart. He know he does he doesn't make mistakes. I mean he just does not make yeah. mistakes. Well, his uh, one big liability his whole career has been he can't shoot threes, and now he now he might be their best three point shooter. He's probably right? got the highest percentage on the team right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I don't think there's any question. Uh, Brian wants to know about positionless basketball. Fran's been an advocate for that. Is this genius or is this a problem? Gary? Uh, I, I I don't think it's a problem. No, I think I think you what you got to do is you got to you got to what what you've got you got to do the best with. And in some cases, you have, may have a more traditional team with a big center and things like that. And other times, you don't, and you got to you got to adapt. So. Fran's good at that, um, and and when you run a motion game, it's uh, then you know then it's not as important either. You're you're you know, constantly moving and screening, and so positioning is not is not as big a deal. So um, now they're in good hands. CJW, is there a reason Ogundale gets almost no minutes? We've talked about this uh, a number of times, um, Josh. There's going to be games like tonight where he's going to get uh, you know a. a a few minutes. I mean, whether we're talking five, ten, maybe fifteen, but uh, Philip is just too good. I mean, I, I know people don't like hearing that because he's not your typical seven footer, but he just gives you too much in the way of energy, rebounding, defense, and Josh has struggled with conditioning and development. I don't know how else to put it. I, I think you, you got it exactly right. He's not good enough right now. He's he's. Uh, I think the separation between Rabracha and the other two bigs is so wide that. They're only going to get spot minutes unless they show something a little bit different in practice and and in the chances that they get that that they haven't done. So um, it's you know the depth there is not good, but uh, well you can't fault the way Phillips playing. He's he's busting his tail. All right, we're gonna we're do we dare? This is gonna be we're our last caller here. We're gonna have to keep this call really short. Do we dare answer this last caller, Gary? Given some of the calls this evening, do we dare? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Thank you for calling Iowa post game with Coach Gary Close, who's on the line. I don't think you made a mistake, Corey, uh, talking to me, but I'll let you be the judge. Levansky on the phone. I'll take cut you. him off. Cut him off. Cut him off. I'll, I'll take you <laughs> over some of the other options, Levansky. I'll say that. Levansky, where have you been all night? This is for any of you guys, um, especially James, maybe more than anyone, but. Uh, it's uh, sometimes there's value in a loss. I'm going to go back to last year when they when they were won the big Big Ten tourney, and I'm sure and James can probably speak a lot to this, but you know that was a pretty big moment. And I remember a story that Ronnie Lester talked about when he was with the Lakers and he was late at night and on a weird like a Sunday night and. And if there's anybody that didn't need any practice, it'd be this guy. And he heard the ball bounce into the gym, and he got up and couldn't believe it. Like, who's a knuckle it is that some, you know, uh, Laker player worried about getting cut? And he went down, and it was Kobe Bryant, the guy that probably need the least practice, like some Sunday night or something. You know, he knew uh, Kobe Bryant was not going to let any opportunity in front of him and get beat. And I think last year when we won the Big Ten tournament and, and won it, and went into the into the the big the big tourney, we might have thought we were um, we could come out at ninety percent and beat our first ground game, and it was not a dangerous game. I 
I think we could uh, get a lot of value out of getting beat by Duke. Maybe some of the guys that think they had a pretty good year last year. And this could be a great motivational game. Uh, game. And I think Fran is going to go to bed tonight and uh, be very glad he went and played Duke because I think it's going to play big, big dividends during the regular season. I'll let you guys comment on that. Thanks. Well said. Uh, you can learn a lot from a loss. And um, losing is, as James Moses knows, losing is not fun, um, no matter how you cut it. And so, hey, you go back, you look at the tape, where, where, where do we need to get better? And as we've mentioned before, the non-conference is where you want to find out where your, where, what your weaknesses are so you can correct them before you get into the Big Ten. And then they're exposed and you got a lesser chance of competing for a championship. So Duke exposed a few things. I'm guessing Iowa State will. Wisconsin probably will. But hopefully um, they can play well enough to get some wins uh, while, they're, while they're developing and learning. I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you know, uh, you, you go through games like this, you know, you, you, you accept the challenge, you know, and, and, and the non-conference play. And, and you, you, you do that in preparation for your, your conference, you know, your, your conference games, you know, as they're preparing for. And uh, you, you want the tough games. You want that tough travel, as our last caller just talked about, because, you know, we, we, we did so well and, and won the uh, Big Ten championships and then had to prepare for Richmond and had to fly over to New York and change the schedule and flight arrangements and shoot around and still come down off that high. You know, we probably wasn't as prepared for Richmond as we would have liked to be or didn't have our legs, you know, in terms of shooting. So you do these things in preparation for our next uh, opponent so that, you know, the game preparation, you know, you just you just fight through it. And then you you, you try to have a short term memory. It's, it's kind of like in the movie Ted Lasso. There you go. You know, you got to have a goldfish mentality. <laughs> what's the what's the mentality of goldfish? Well, to try to forget things in ten seconds. <laughs> so you you just hope that uh, uh, Iowa has a short. Yep, uh, 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 from the loss and get better in, in preparation for the next. They've got to because they got they've got a challenge a challenge awaiting. Uh, tough week they've had this week. Uh, so the good news is Lemansky, they have, uh, what do we say? Three games, they had a week off, then you get three games in a row. Uh, and then you get like six days off, five, five days off before Southeast Missouri. I mean, Southeast Missouri and then Eastern Illinois, before you get back to, uh, Nebraska, you have another week off after Eastern Illinois. So a heavy, heavy week, just the way the schedules made up Lemansky. I've got Tom Davis uh, as an equally talented coach as Lute Olson. That's a, that's a big compliment to Dr. Tom. And I think as a person, who who could ever want anything better than how Dr. Tom handled people? I was very upset when we went for Al- Alfred over Dr. Tom, and I, I was upset. And, uh, of course, maybe that's because he was from Indiana. But uh, I, I think the... As time passed, we knew that uh, we should have kept Dr. Tom. I think that's pretty obvious to Iowa fans of any sort. But you have, I'll leave you with this. Is there any special psychological way Dr. Tom handled people? Maybe just made made uh, basketball fun. James is an example of that. He almost, almost has too much fun, but uh, that's okay. He had more. He had more fun than Gary, I can tell. Uh, but uh, Doctor Tom's maybe one know. of his unique gifts. <laughs> well, he was the consummate um, person that treated everybody like he wanted to be treated, no matter who it was. Um, just a complete gentleman. Um, I was really fortunate to have, get a chance to coach with him for 16 years, and still call him a good friend. He just had a birthday, by the way, a couple of days ago. Um, but, um, uh, you know, had good mid- Midwestern upbringing. He just treated people like he wanted to be treated. Uh, it didn't matter if you were the school president or the custodian. It, it didn't matter. He just treated – and then the, the best player to the great team player, there was a walk-on. Uh, they all felt part of the team and, and um, 
And that's what made him so special. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Coach Davis uh, is, is a special breed and special person. Ridgeway, Wisconsin. I mean, he's just he just embodied uh, uh, dignity and respect. And as Coach, you know, mentioned, he wanted to treat he treated you the way he expected to be treated. And uh, it, it just shows, you know, throughout the period of time. And it's glad that you mentioned how, you know, how how missed he is in terms of it, just his professionalism. There's no other way. His, his ethics and professionalism was uh, uh, by far one of the best. And uh, it was it was a it was a blessing to be able to play for him. You know, uh, for all the things that he, he taught me as a player, but he, as well as teaching other players and how he treated them. And uh, it just uh, he, he, he just was a very sharp individual. And I appreciate it. Yep. Lomansky, we uh, appreciate your phone call, sir. I'll be uh, live tomorrow uh, evening, uh, about 830 p.m. following the Iowa women. And then, of course, we'll be live on uh, Thursday evening. So feel free to call back in, sir. Thanks for carrying the water so late. Have a have a good night with what's left of it. Good night. Thanks, Lomansky. Good night. Good night, bud. All right. Well, folks, we appreciate everybody being here. Thank you for the super check here from uh, DC Hawkeye. Says he wants some rose-colored glasses in the merch shop, so I'll work on that. <laughs> um, and, yes, I, I re- want to reiterate what uh, DC Hawkeye said here. Uh, James, it's it's a pleasure having you on here. Don't be a stranger. You need to come back during Big Ten season. I think so, too. Uh, Coach Close, I know Coach has got uh, this big long lineup of all these celebrities he's going to be having on here, but uh, I, I vote we put no, you. No, no bigger than J Mo. Well, hey, I I appreciate just being able to have Coach reach out to me and think of me uh, to contribute, and I appreciate you, Corey, and uh, thinking about me and and having me on. And uh, hey, you know, just reach out, and uh, we'll try to try to fit it within my wife and our schedule. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just want to give uh, one final shout out to Brad Van Meter and his team at State Farm in Des Moines. Certainly uh, call him and his team for a, quote, small but uh, very personable group of people working with you to provide the best coverage and the best rates. Call him at 515-256-6480 or online at bradvanmeter.com. As a reminder to everybody, I will be live with you tomorrow evening talking Iowa football and the transfer portal. Gary, wild, wild west out there, isn't it? Just insane. I guess, I guess, yeah. It's it's uh, this is a crazy time of the year for college football. Man, yeah. didn't used to be. Didn't used to be. Yeah. I mean, we had everything's been boosted up with the early signing period and now the transfer portal and whatnot. And of course, we'll be here talking too about the Seahawks game because we'll have the the women will play tomorrow at six p.m. Uh, that game is on. Uh, let me double check that. I believe that one's on ESPN. Uh, is is it ESPN or ESPN two? It is on. It's on one. Yeah, it's on one of the ESPN2. So Iowa, Iowa State women, uh, ESPN2 tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central time. And then, of course, the Iowa men will be in action against Iowa State back in Carver Thursday, 7 p.m. Central time, FS1 to be uh, followed by Iowa postgame with Coach Gary Close. So uh, anything else to add, Gary, before we sign hey, off? Well, are you going to be at the game Thursday night? Uh, no, uh, uh, we'll be preparing. My, uh, my Our son played for Kansas City, Kansas Community College. So oh. we'll Traveling uh, to Quincy, uh, he plays okay. both uh, this Friday and Saturday. So we like to get a jump and uh, stay nice. over. So, what year is he? Huh? He is a freshman. Oh, just starting yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. So nice. yeah, yeah, starting up. So uh, oh, that's fun. There's, there's nothing better than watching your kids play. <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, I'm sure I'm gonna find a TV <laughs> <laughs> or your phone. <laughs> Well, All yeah. right, good to see you, my man. Hey, here, James, and uh, for Coach Gary Close, for James Moses, I'm Corey Bratta. Again, I'll be with you tomorrow evening, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Thank you for being here all night and into the morning, and we'll talk to you soon.